Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. I'm Frank Benali. This is Klaus Lundekvam. I'm Matt Letitia. Dean Hammond here. And you're listening to In That Number. Kevin the Moscomish Milton. Find me on Twitter at Moscomish. And me, Ray Hunt. You can find me on at RayHunt84. Follow the show on at Number Podcast on Twitter. And on Facebook, Instagram and Telegram on In That Number Podcast. Email us with your thoughts and feelings on in that number podcast at gmail.com. And if you like what you hear, consider sharing your support by visiting buymeacoffee.com forward slash in that number. Let's march on in. Welcome back to another episode of In That Number, part of the Sports Social Network. This is episode 226. Another successful week for the Saints, extending that unbeaten run once more to 25 games now and counting. A fantastic 3-0 victory in the fourth round FA Cup replay against Watford, ensuring that we advance to the fifth round where a trip to Anfield will ensue. And our return... Uh, to home in league action against Huddersfield Town, and we had to work very hard for that one, coming from behind twice and 2-0 down at halftime to eventually come away with 5-3 winners. Uh, we'll discuss all the drama in both those second-half turnarounds, and we have another stacked week ahead of us as we uh, go on our travels to Bristol City and to West Bromwich Albion. Uh, Tim will be on hand to preview those for us. Uh, no Moscow mush this week, but I'm pleased to say... We do welcome back Tim Bazance from uh, from his holidays. He's back stateside, fresh from his uh, European adventures. Tim, it's great to have you back. And how are you doing? Thank you. Uh, it's great to be back. <laughs> My voice is a little shot. Uh, we went to so a buddy Connor and I here went to uh, the place where we're hosting the USA Saints meetup just to hang out and talk with the owner. There. 
<laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, so it happens to be also the Leeds bar here in Chicago. So, of course, there are about 30 Leeds fans there. And then there's the two oh, of us. Nice. <laughs> and I can tell you that both of us have shut up the Leeds fans multiple times uh, <laughs> yesterday during the game. And uh, I was very happy. It was, a, it was one of my prouder moments I've ever had in my life, which is uh, shut up a bunch of 30, 30 Leeds fans. I don't know Excellent. how many people can say that. Excellent. Yeah, I'd love to have been yeah. there. That would have been great. But, yeah. But, um, oh, yeah. Nice holiday. Oh, it was great. It's great seeing you, obviously, first and foremost. Um, but being able to travel and then see the team in two different and new away locations. Wadford is a very little pleasant uh, area. Wasn't uh, the, the fans were you know, very quiet. Uh, they were very endearing. They were very nice and pleasant, um, which was kind of a <clears throat> kind of expected. I didn't really know what to expect. I mean, I, I really would thought I was like, oh, okay, well, they're they're gonna. It's not gonna be a scary place. And I took a uh, I took Abby there as well, and then went to Rotherham away, which that place is an absolute shithole of a town. But <laughs> fans, great uh, people all around uh, were great. So uh, it's not that it's never really. The, the location and the area that makes it makes it it's the people and the Rotherham fans were very uh, very pleasant uh, like talking with a bunch of them but man that place is a dump <laughs> what's the um, New York Stadium like though That's- it is it is gorgeous yeah. absolutely I mean we're talking pleasant like super I, I would recommend that stadium to anybody uh, watching it it was not whereas Watford Vicard Road the visiting end was literally like I mean, I have a whisk, you know, I have a, you know, like probably my arm span width is there's two arm span widths basically for the all of the the away visiting section. And there's like three women's stalls, which is Abby was complaining about and all of it. So a new experience. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't serve beer in the uh, the away section in um in, in, in Watford too, so no. people were very uh, upset upset about that. That's a shame. Very much yeah. a shame. Yeah, whereas, the, whereas the rather it was great. Uh, we we're much louder than I mean both the both the home fan set of fans, um, but nonetheless great experience as an American being able to go over there, uh, know some good great people, talk with some great people from both obviously the home team uh, for our team and then the away team, and yeah. So happy to be back and uh, already playing the next adventure. Excellent. Good. Can't wait to see you again. Um, hopefully mm-hmm. we get a game at St. Mary's this time. That'll be nice. But um, yes, uh, so the games in the week, then Watford, that FA Cup fourth round replay, a 3-0 win. Why couldn't we have done that in the first place? Hey, to save us all this extra time. But yeah, um, took took a little while to get going, didn't it? 0-0 at halftime, but we got there in the end. Uh, a great second half performance. So a Seiku Mara double and Shea Adams finishing them off. Uh, some crucial minutes for the youngsters and some highlight plays from Tyler Dibbling. Sam Amayor um, came off the bench uh, and impressed as well. Uh, Sam Adozi back after his layoff. Um, and, you know, we could have had four or five. We hit the upright twice in the last stages. But, I mean, we're, we're into the round. We're into the fifth round now and a good chance to take a strong a strong side to Anfield, really, and, and give them a bloody good go. And that's definitely one to look forward to. You can literally just fast forward for the first part of the game. Yeah. And... I'm jet lagged at this point, coming back, watching the game, trying to figure out what's going on. And, you know, I come to and all of a sudden, 
you know, Seku scores his first goal, and I'm like, yes, this is good. And then Sekme scores a second, and then scores a third. And then by that point in time, it's like 3 o'clock here, Central Time U.S., and I am ready for bed. Yeah. So it was kind of a, just kind of like a, like a, you know, like that hazy phase where you don't really know what's going on. Um, kind of a yes, cool I know thing, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, we, basically you can just – we just skipped the, for the first half, and the second half was just – Looked looked pretty good. Uh, it was it was a pretty good experience. You could say that about Huddersfield as well, because yeah, <laughs> wow. I just still trying to take in what what we witnessed yesterday, really. And it was another lame first half performance. And going down two 0 looking completely hopeless. And step forward Joe Rothwell with a brilliant double. Uh, the first of which <coughs> is in line for goal of the season. Forget goal of the month. Um, yep, yeah, pegged back once again. Uh, only to hit back with three more goals, an own goal. Sekumara again is third of the week. Uh, and Samuel Adozi to round off an incredible afternoon. All subs mm-hmm. making the impact. And all eight goals this week scored in the second half and at the chapel end. Incredible. All right in front of you as well. Well, actually, I wasn't sat in my normal seat for the FA Cup game. I was at the Kingsland, but uh, okay. But yeah, um, the, okay. but the, uh, the the Huddersfield one, yeah, definitely. Yeah. All the goals happened down there, my end, and uh, they all celebrated in front of me as well, which was lovely. <laughs> <laughs> tell tell me a little bit about this game because as I have described this to everybody who I've talked to about it, that was the stupidest game of football I've ever watched the Saints play. Because it was just unbelievable. Six goals in the second half. Like, it, there's no defense. It was just all, like, just entertainment the entire time. Absolutely, yeah. But you know what? You know, we, we look back at the end of the season and we look back at all the, the, the greatest moments of the season. And you think, I can't even put this one in there because the first half was just so dire. It wasn't even, it wasn't great at all. But the second, if you could just put a second half performance in there, then it would be this because it was just incredible. Like you said, yeah, no one was defending well. I mean, Huddersfield had five at the back and they still couldn't stop us. We, we, it, it just looked so easy to pass the ball through the defence. And you just make, you just think, why didn't we do that in the first half? It's Absolutely. just uh, just crazy and absolute crazy. You don't get those games very often, but it's definitely going to be one that, that sticks in our mind, isn't it? It's um, it, it was a it was a oh, great comeback. You never saw yeah. that. So obviously the first half we were looking very dire, uh, not looking good. Like we just like I feel like we were caught too high up. You know, uh, Connor and I were noticing Ma- Manning's position. It looked like he was playing center mid. His heat map was all over the place, especially in that first half. And taking a look at it, like they just got exposed multiple times and uh, they were able to provide clinical finishes. So when you're when you're able to see that, <clears throat> my question is, what do you think Russell Martin was talking about in the halftime to make in the adjustments necessary and the, the motivation necessary to get them going? Well, I know from the Watford game, he really properly had a go at them. And it, he doesn't he doesn't do that very often. But I mean, I think he said that that his, his throat was sore from shouting. He said he needed it, that they needed it. So I'm guessing they had the same similar sort of thing in the in the Huddersfield game. It just it just wasn't there, was it? That that first half. I mean, we, I was saying to all the people around me that there's something not right. Even when it was nil nil, it just looked we just looked jaded. It looks like the fixture list, the fixture, the run of fixtures had caught up with us. Uh, and it just we just weren't progressing on moving the ball forward at all. And, and and fair play to Huddersfield. I mean, they they had two really good chances and they took them both. So it was just one of those. It was just a weird one. Uh, but then at the st- still at the same time, you don't expect them to come back from two down and, and completely turn it around in the second half. But, yeah, it was just a, one of those one of those bizarre games. But uh, 
we'll we'll get to we'll get into it a little bit more um, after we've hit the ITN news. If you're enjoying the show, then please consider showing uh, your support by buying us a coffee or a pint, whatever. Uh, you can do that by visiting buymeacoffee.com forward slash in that number. And our Discord is always open to new members. Uh, if you want to come in and join us there, uh, send us a message and we'll get you in. You can join in with all our uh, fantasy football, all our predictions. And, you know, if you've got a comment on the games, stick it in there and, you know, get it read out on the show. So, yeah, it's definitely worth coming in, wouldn't you say, Tim? It's definitely worth it. Great welcoming community, and uh, you'll you'll learn a lot along the way. Excellent. Right. Okay, ITN News then, Tim. This is ITN In That Number News. Okay, so the victory over Huddersfield, it it did come at a cost. There was casualties. Uh, We saw Flynn Downs come off after 33 minutes uh, against Huddersfield, and uh, uh, Shea Adams was was also withdrawn at the half. Now, Shea was taken off for for Brooks for tactical reasons, Martin had said, and he said afterwards that it was a slight knock, which they didn't know. I mean, it was a calf problem, but it shouldn't be too much of a problem because he said he could be involved, he should be involved uh, at Ashton Gate on Tuesday, but... Flynn Downs, um, they said he will need to be uh, assessed uh, in due course, but I don't think we're going to see him at all this coming week, which will be, you know, a massive loss with this relentless fixture list. And it doesn't take a genius to figure out that when Downs went off, we went a, we went a goal down like three minutes later. So everything changes when uh, when Flynn's not on the field. So that's going to be a loss uh, with these two crucial games coming up next week. Flynn Downs injury, he, you know, he's a stalwart. He, we let in two goals within minutes just to be able to make those adjustments. And Rothwell may not be a like for like situation when it comes to uh, his positioning. So, you know, what are we going to look out for? Well, Joe Rebo, please come back happy and healthy. Let's hope Nigeria wins and so you're on a high. Your uh, games today, 8 p.m. Um, in, in England uh, or in Scott or in, in the UK, uh, 2 p.m. here Central Time in the U.S. So doesn't seem he'll like he'd likely be back for the Tuesday game, but then that would be allowing for the Friday game, hopefully maybe to get back on the bench there. Um, and so that he'd be an option for that rotation, because if he is going to be out for at least a week and God forbid, you know, he's going to eat whatever he feels like in, in, in the, uh, in his time away from, away from, uh, away from, uh, away from Staplewood, uh, we don't know what else is going to happen to him. So, Rest up, heal up, Flynn. We need you. Rebo, go win AFCON, come back on a high, and uh, let's just hope it doesn't derail us as we go into this next Tuesday, Friday, Tuesday, Saturday, two weeks ahead of us. Yeah, we need them all, don't we? Um, Russell Martin has said that it's not a very, it isn't a very big squad, um, so we are going to have to use everyone, so we don't need people dropping out right now, and a player as important as Flynn Downs is going to be massive, but yeah. Um, uh, a little bit of news about uh, our 18-year-old goalkeeper, Josh Jeffries, has signed his first pro deal. He's been with the club for only 18 months, um, and he's been on loan at Worthing. So that's good news for him. Uh, we we'll keep an eye on him. Uh, and also 17-year-old forward Nick Oyakunle has, has penned his first deal. And he's been great this season for the under-18s. He's also had opportunities in the under-21s as well. So he's another one to look out for. Um, just a quick word on the Saints Foundation. We will be wearing their sponsor once again uh, for a one-off game. 
Uh, the annual Saints Foundation match day will be Saturday, the 9th of March versus Sunderland. Uh, I guess we should say well done to Sportsbet as well for donating their uh, their sponsor for the for the Saints Foundation. Um, double nominations in the EFL for manager and player of the month for January. Russell Martin up once more uh, and once more he was snubbed. <laughs> Fourth month in a row this has happened. Of course, that this time it's by uh, Daniel Farker. Uh, and Stuart Armstrong rightly nominated for player, uh, but lost out to Plymouth's Morgan Whitaker. But I mean, Tim, he got ITN player of the month, so it doesn't really matter, does it? I know which one he'd rather have. Yes, he is reeling. He's he's sitting in his bathtub, drinking in the water of, alongside that ITN uh, player of the month award he's got. Absolutely. Um, under 21s then, uh, they had their match against Man United called off uh, on uh, Friday but, uh, because of a waterlogged pitch uh, at the Snow Stadium. So that was uh, didn't go ahead. Uh, and instead, now they play Arsenal away on uh, Friday the 16th. So that's next Friday. Uh, and the women are preparing as we speak for a fifth round FA Cup tie against Man United uh, at the Silver Lake. So Mary Earps is in Eastleigh right now. So uh, I heard there's a sellout. So uh Good luck to the ladies there. Uh, and next week they will play Birmingham City in the league. Uh, that's away on Sunday the 18th. Franny is at that game right now. Too, is he? If you took a look. He is. He is at. He is at the Silver Lake right now. Hey. The beautiful stadium that you and I got to check out. I love that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go from the San Siro to the Silver Lake. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> under 18s. Yeah. They last played on Saturday. Saturday the 10th uh, at Norwich. Uh, and they won 3-2, uh, Jay Robinson with two goals and Aston Daly with the other. And they next play Arsenal on Saturday, the 17th of February. Right then, Tim, we'll go straight into this FA Cup fifth round, sorry, fourth round replay, uh, which was on Tuesday, Tuesday the 6th, uh, where we meet Liverpool in the next round. But uh, it wasn't plain sailing, as you said. We could skip that first half. It was a struggle. Uh, me and Kev were there. Uh, and we said... Before the game, actually, it's going to be nil-nil, and this this is going to be just one of those. Uh, but it turned out to be very comfortable in the end, and uh, Sekimara with a double, and uh, Shadams knocking in the third from a free kick. Uh, but yeah, the the starters, Tim, it was I can't remember a very a much anticipated starting eleven because we I mean we had seven changes from that Rotherham win. But very very similar to the game at Vicarage Road actually, which the you know the first uh, the first encounter in the cup between these two. Holgate and Alcaraz obviously not here anymore, so they didn't play. <laughs> uh, but we did. he did go with uh, Magoma and Dibbling again. But still not too happy with the starters. Too much change, a lot of people are saying, that you can't you can't keep doing this. You know, you need to take it seriously. We had Shea Charles starting it right back. Um, and I know Kevin had misgivings in this because we were talking about it all the way to the stadium. But uh, but what did you think? I mean, did, is it so, I mean, I, I personally expected it. I wasn't surprised because I mean, Martin said that he didn't regret his decision to play these play these youngsters in the uh, in the first game. So he had to go with them again this time. So, I mean, I, I was expecting it. So tactically, he has a plan and he sticks to it. And that's something that we've recognized now so far. Uh, you know, he's make, he, he'll make adjustments when needed. But going into Watford, he probably knew the second that they drew the game uh, against Watford that they're saying, OK, we're going to rotate back in. So we're going to have a squad that's going to be very similar. And, you know, we were going to play Dibbling. We're going to play a Magoma. Uh, we're going to get uh, M.O. Mayo uh, some minutes as well. And he, he just knew it because I guess he felt that that's what he I guess that was 
Mullins. What he wanted to do, but he felt was best um, because in terms of in terms of rhythm. So to me, you know, looking at it uh, for the for the reverse fixture, you know, do you want to go and win everything? Well, in hindsight, you know, we want to get promoted, but. I also want to see other play, people play because you want to see how Dibbling can do. You want to see how Magoma can do. We need all the depth that we can get for this play, you know, this push. And we want to know how well, um, you know, we can, you know, progress not only just in the league, but then in, in, in the cup match too. He's obviously put a team out there that he feels is good enough to beat the Watford side. And I mean, a lot of people were saying before the game, and I heard from a lot of Watford fans saying that they weren't, bothered about about this game too much I and mean, they didn't take a lot of support there either um, so it was I don't know it, it, more so than the first game it was less of a risk because you, you felt like that knowing that Liverpool were up in the next round players must have thought well we're going to get beat in the next round anyway so <laughs> take your take your foot off the gas slightly uh, which I think went in our favour but yeah it was a slow start as you said and not great at all in that it, it was just boring really um Took a while to register our first shot. Watford, in fact, had the first real scare. Uh, uh, Kone had a shot deflected off of Bednarik, and it went onto the top of the bar, leaving Lumley stranded. Shay Adams had a, had a better chance moments after, and he had the ball in space in the box on the floor as well, but he, he just hit it straight at Backman from, from close range, and that was about it for the first half, really. But um, Tyler Dibbling, he looked he looked involved, uh, and he supplied a few crosses into the box, but no one was there to finish it, so... Uh, justifying his start and what he did in the second half as well. You can see why. But uh, I'm going to queue up these stats for the half time, Tim, because they weren't very impressive at all. Uh, 59% possession with only four shots and two of them on target. Not not what you want to see. No. And it, it feels like it's a slow start and you're just kind of working into the game. That's his methodical system, and he's built it out to mean that, all right, we're going to go circle through, we're going to circle through, we're going to circle through, and, um, you know, and eventually once you're going to be able to break them down, which we've been able to see so far heavily in the season, uh, it works out nicely for us. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. And me and Kev talked at halftime that we're going to have to see some changes. They're going to have to bring on the big guns. But uh, he didn't make any at the half, which was a bit of a surprise. And uh, started again. Second half wasn't great again because uh, Watford had the ball uh, a lot in our half. And it checked for Tadze. goes on an amazing little run into the box and takes a tumble and gets a yellow card for diving. Now, now this one was weird because me and Kevin both looked at each other and we kind of like winced because at first glance we thought, oh, my God, that's a penalty. Um, but looking back at the replay, it was the easiest decision to make. It was a clear dive. Uh, no one anywhere near him. And it, yeah, it just uh, goes to show how 
great my refereeing skills are because I would have given that fantastic referee call uh, when it was made. Yeah, well, it was it was obvious as well. It was nowhere near him, which was uh, which was one that surprised me the most. I know it was the other end of the pitch, but still, yeah, I was nowhere near it. Um, but we did we did break the deadlock on the 52nd minute. Sekumara, uh, yeah, seven minutes into the second half, patient build up. Rothwell and Adams with the passing. Mara runs through the Watford defence and finishes it low to, to Backman's right. Uh, 1-0, nice, tidy finish. Absolutely gorgeous. Um, just gorgeous play. And <clears throat> Mara's finally coming into his own, as we can see from this game and then the next game. Um, he's he's finding his rhythm. And while he may not be necessarily the person who's holding possession up, he is finding the space and exposing championship-level defences, which is really nice. Yeah, he's finding the goal as well, so uh, it's, it's good for him. I'd like to see this. Um, being patient with him, and he's finally getting his chance. He's been patient as well because he could have uh, he could have asked for a move away, but no, still here, still going, still getting the minutes now, and he's getting what, what he deserves. He's getting the recognition from the fans as well because I, I feel like he's had a lot of uh, a lot of criticism his way since he since he joined. But uh, yeah, it's starting to starting to come now, um, and he scored the second on the 58th minute, just six minutes later. Uh, fifth of the season that was a brilliant brilliant goal this was I mean the, the, everything about it the build up play passing out from the back you know proper Russell Martin style football Tyler Dibbling with the drive uh, just ran from his own half right the way into the danger area and then and Saiko Mara with the, with the pile driver from what 20 plus yards out uh, yes the finish was great but Dibbling oh my goodness he made that he, so he picked it up so deep and then just drove it and managed to get a pass off before he was taken out uh, and then it eventually finds its way to, to Mara, who blasts it. I knew he is a shot, but I did not expect him to take it from that angle and take him be able to look at it. Dibbling, absolutely. Well, you know, Lumley to, you know, and playing the triangles in the back third corner, in back third of their own half. Um, Phil Jackson and, style. <laughs> I mean, yeah, straight up playing the triangles. Yes. Phil Jackson <laughs> style. Um, that smooth, uh, that smooth level offense. Uh he had well back in the, the late 90s and two, uh, mid 90s, late 90s for the Chicago Bulls. And then uh, the, the Lakers with uh, with Kobe and uh, Shaq there for a little bit. Yeah. But uh, Tiddling took t- it up and, you know, he obviously this has decided to shed weight because his uh, shin guards are literally the size of like a 50 pence coin. <laughs> if you take a look at them, he, he, they're like little tiny baby ones. Like, I, like they're probably... Like, I don't know what the hell. So yeah. he's now he's now um, aerodynamic and is able to <laughs> run, run very, very, very fast up the field to, to be able to do this. But he's powerful. The, the, the way that he runs is actually surprisingly Tino Livermento style because he's got his, his shoulders are very broad. And you can see that he's basically being held onto or right person's right there the entire almost the entire length of the drive. And so with that, his broad shoulders allows and, you know, a, a little bit of a stockier frame keeps it in possession. He's focused and he knows where the space is at and he's able to he's able to break it. And he broke he broke base. He broke their forward line. He broke their uh, their midfield line. And then only until they get to the defense where he gets taken out was when that he was able to, you know, ma- able to make the pass. So just an or- ultimately a gorgeous pl- uh, individual play that led to it. And the first time being able to talk about Tyler Dibbling and how successful he's been. So, cause when I saw him live at the, at Vicarage road, he did not show up there. But he's 17 years old. Think about that for a minute. 17 years old for a lad to be playing against men 
uh, and to be able to pick the ball up and just go with it like that. Uh, that's no fear. Uh, and just play the way that he wants to play and just let him play. And it's, it's just so good to see. Um, but yeah, a, a really, really good performance for him, actually. And um, I know that, uh, yeah, Kev was a bit critical of him in that first game against Watford as well. And also in the first half, he said that, you know, he needs to come off most probably. But then nothing was happening in that first half. I mean, I think we could have said that Mara could have come off in that first half also. But second half for me, Dibbling was incredible. Just uh, he, he was just different player, just wanting to run with the ball, wanting to, he was, Trying to do a little adozy, just you know, trying to make things happen. So yeah, I was very, very pleased with uh, with Dibbling's performance there. Yeah. Um, Absolutely, and, and so being uh, yeah, so being but being seventeen, you know, we can be critical and be like, oh yeah, you need to be doing better, you need to be doing all this. Well, he is seventeen. You know, what's the likelihood of him? You know, he's going to go out and he likelihood of next year if you do get promoted, or you're probably going to go out and loan to Reading or some 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 team like <laughs> that and be able to go get some experience. Just hope he comes back uh, healthier than our, uh, our last loan signings there. Yes, but um, nonetheless, I really uh, yeah. So coming into his own, there's a reason he was given the opportunity to succeed, and he was able to flourish and show that in the the drive that he had. I love it. I, lo- I love seeing youngsters uh, for the, for the come up through the academy and put in a performance like that. It's great. Uh, Samuel Dozy, he was introduced. Uh, I thought he was brilliant. I, I really did. I thought he was a real handful. Um, Sirialta, the uh, Chilean, Chilean, isn't he? Uh, centre-back for uh, for Watford. Picked up a booking tr- trying to deal with him. I uh, couldn't couldn't deal with it. Uh, but yeah, this is what Dozy does. And he just gets right under your skin. I mean, you can imagine being introduced in the minute that he did in a, in a, in a tight game at the time. Um, to come out running at you like that is um just makes things uncomfortable for defenders and and he's done that and I thought yeah I thought he was all over the place I didn't get his heat map but I'm pretty sure that would have been been something to look at but yeah uh, Dozy back good to have him back and obviously he marked it with a with a goal on Saturday uh, Tim I want to talk about Jaden Magoma as well because he started again uh, and I thought yeah I thought he was good as well and I thought he looked really comfortable I thought he defended really well he was um he was keen to get forward a lot as well like 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 a manning I just think yeah he looks he looks so comfortable there looks like he's played that position for a long long time yeah and we we haven't mentioned him because usually what ends up happening with defenders is that you when you're starting to talk about them is when they fuck up and he <laughs> did not fuck up either of those games uh, I thought he was fa- fantastic. Uh, he was very, very, very good at, at watching him live at Vicarage Road and being able to see that he uh, he he held it down. Now he, we know that Manning is probably what you know five seven five eight. Magoma is probably a couple inches shorter than that on top of it. So um, if there's any knock to him, it's he does not. He's a he's a small, fluid guy who. Who needs to get some get some bulk into him? But besides that, um, two fantastic performances, being able to come in and slot in, and, and what felt like I wasn't worried at all the entire the entire two games uh, watching him play at left back. I wasn't concerned like how we get you know with Manning we get like five heart attacks a game just alone <laughs> from him. Um, so. It's a, it was it was pleasant to see to get that from a left back experience where normally we uh, we don't. Yeah, yeah, no, his, his positioning was spot on. Uh, his tackling was good. Um, yeah, he didn't give the ball away. I just thought it was a very very measured performance from him. And yeah, again, a seventeen year old. So uh, we'll keep a, keep an eye on him. Hopefully, he gets more chances in the first team, and I think he's deserved it. Uh, but we did uh, finish him off in the sixty sorry the seventy sixth minute. It was a free kick actually that that worked. 
And we haven't said that too much since uh, since Prowse left. But yeah, it was um, Joe Rothwell with his first assist. He, he slings one in and Adams is just there with a side footer into the bottom corner. Uh, so yeah, Shay Adams, good performance, I suppose. We know a goal and, and two assists. So uh, three nil, job done. On, on to the next one. Yeah, and th- my question though, Tim, it's like you're free up, you, you're resting your players. Why bring on Adam Armstrong at this point? This this is the other thing is that mid when it comes to a typical rotation of practice and, and game and game schedule, you're gonna get 15 or 20 minutes of what would be true. Game time midweek is usually what ends up happening. So I literally thought he was putting him out there for uh, for some uh, stamina, you know, for that midweek uh, mid- midweek runout. So midweek 15 minutes or so. Up. Yeah, just a little caffeine yeah. shot. Get, get your legs moving, mate. <laughs> well, yeah. And I just I mean, think if, if he gets injured in that game, though, Tim, that's our only natural – well, he's not even a natural striker, isn't it? That's our top goal scorer out, you know, for no reason at all. You're free new up. You're in the next round. <sighs> Take him, well, him on. Yeah. Give him a day off. I don't. Th- I don't think he would have played him if it, if if Brooks was there, for example. I don't think he would have played him if Suleimano was available. I don't mm. think he would have done that. I just think he basically said, "Well, he probably s- said, go out there, get your legs moving, and don't get injured." <laughs> That's hey, probably probably yeah. But he came on for sorry, yeah, he came on for Joe Rothwell, and Rothwell could have played the ninety minutes, I suppose, because he didn't start him against Huddersfield. He must have known that he was going to start Flynn Downs against Huddersfield, and. And uh, and Smallbone, so he wouldn't have needed Rothwell for the Huddersfield game. Obviously, he wasn't to know that Flynn Downs was going to have that injury. But but yeah, I just thought it was a bit of a strange one, um, especially looking back at it now. It was just like I don't get the why he would have done that. But yeah, the one thing I did like as well, Tim, is that when we go three new up, we didn't settle for it. We still kept going because Mara was looking for a hat trick. Could have had one. Uh, Adozi hit the post. Amo Amayor hit the post, and it. it Yes, it could have been three or four. So kept going at them, even though that you know the tie was over. But these kids want to show Russell Martin that they, you know, they want to be there, um, which is, is is really good to see. Yeah, and yeah, obviously this being a prelude to the the game that we just watched here at Huddersfield, but going backwards as well, that you've seen them where our bench has made a significant difference in the end, in the end of the, the end of the game. Uh, meaning that teams are tired. Teams have been broken down and our defense or our, our possession based style is breaking them through because you'll see that the majority of our goals are scored in the second half and towards the end. And that's the opportunities taken because stamina is not there. They just don't have it. And somebody who like Mara, who, Maybe he wants to go and pad his stats. Well, fuck it. Do it. Keep doing it. Like, I want you to keep pressing, keep put, pushing on the um, keep pushing it on because we need all the goal difference we can get and we need all the goal score that we can. So, yeah, it'd be nice to see Mario get to 10 this season when that'll be something special for him, especially on the on the bench role that he's got currently. But, yeah, he's on six now, so it's definitely doable. Um, st- stats in this game, then we had 59 percent possession, quite low really, isn't it, uh, for that? Uh, 13 shots to their five, uh, six of them on target. They only had one shot on target. Um, not a good performance for them. And Wesley Hoot got booed every single time he touched the ball, which is what you might like to see. Uh, Russell Martin said, I, I wasn't very happy with the first half. I told the players that. The team is built on being really brave on the ball and aggressive off the ball. We lacked aggression and energy in the first half, I felt. We still had two good chances and should have gone into the break leading the game. The players responded amazingly well. They were relentless in the second half at pressing and hunting the ball. Uh, apparently, Tim, he, he really went at them at halftime, like I said. Uh, and he said, it's been quite a while since I've done that. My throat was a bit sore and my hair was all over the place. I think they understood where it comes from. They felt differently in the second half. And I, uh, and I said that to them and I don't apologize for it. It's my job. 
so yeah whatever he's saying to him at the half it's, it seems to be working so uh yeah, maybe he did the same against Huddersfield as well. When Russell Martin fucks up his hair, you know he means business. <laughs> his throat yeah. and his hair are all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't know if you. I don't know if you ever uh, listen to a lot of uh, NFL podcasts or like rate calling radio sports call radio shows where there's a bunch of meatballs who come in and yell and scream and stuff. They say something like, "Yeah, you don't mess with him. You do not mess with him," and it just. Absolutely. He, he just kicked it in. And he the, this is just a testament to the team realizing that they know they need to be playing better. They know they believe in the system. And to me, that's just we're you know, we're living in a dream land right now. Twenty twenty five unbeaten uh, or twenty four at this time. It was twenty four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just a, just a beautiful, um, beautiful time. And you, you don't ever winning is winning. Ugly is still winning and winning in the second half is still winning. So to me, just whatever he's doing, just keep it up, man. That's fantastic. Love it. Yeah, uh, man of the match has to be Sekumara, right? Two goals. Sekumara. Yeah, two two men of the matches. <laughs> uh, and then on Tardisfield again uh, from Saturday, Saturday the 10th, uh, just gone. Go into this game then. Uh, I'm beaten in the last six games against Huddersfield. So one, two, drawn four. Coming with those games coming between 2010 and 2023. Uh, this streak was built upon excellent home form, as we know, Tim. Uh, winning our last eight home league games, you can now make that nine. Uh, longest such streak since a run of 19 from February to November of 2011. So nine home wins in a row. That's um, never mind unbeaten. That's nine wins at home in a row. That's incredible. Um, a 5-3 win, of course, uh, coming from 2-0 down at the half, 3-2 uh, down as well, to eventually win 5-3. Joe Rothwell scoring two, his first for the club. Uh, Sekumara with his third in four days, uh, and Samuel Adozi marks his league return with his sixth goal of the season uh, to complete the unlikely comeback. Like I said, Tim, a very memorable game, uh, one that we'll be talking about for years to come. Just an unbelievable shit show of entertainment i mean just you you think you're down you think you're feeling upset you know connor i sitting there you know first half things go through you're starting to get a goal down okay that's an accident tube down uh-oh is this really what's happening are we finally doing it to, you know give it up to huddersfield and and you're like you're not feeling you're just not feeling well after that first half like it just if there's so many breakdowns there's so many issues and I think I mentioned earlier that, you know, whether it be the, the balls coming from the left crossing over to the right and just, you know, two decent shots that were able to make it, uh, that was, it's tough. It, it was a tough first half. Very, very tough. Um, starting, starting 11 then, we're not, we're not complaining about this, are we? Because, you know, seven changes from that Watford Cup win. Uh, but this uh, was to be expected. I mean, every one of them deserves their role right now. And the only thing that could have changed that really was finding somewhere for David Brooks to slot in. But I mean, I think I think Russell Martin played it right with the selection. Um, it's still working, isn't it? I don't, OK, it wasn't in the first half, but eventually it came off. Although, you know, all the substitutions were the ones that found the back of the net. But the starting 11, it, it's it's working. You have to stick with what's working. Absolutely. And you just keep rolling with it. 
it made it made sense. And ultimately, this you know the subs did make a difference. And I think that's the testament to the team uh, being able to to make it through. Even though you know Fraser, who uh, you know normally fantastic, was uh, neutralized. Adam Armstrong, who is also fantastic, neutralized. Um, when they were bringing, uh, you know, normally Fraser was able to bring some wide width. Whatever I think at the beginning, uh, they were playing a lot more narrow. And so with the narrow, they were able to then press with the foot forward and allow for the the midfield to be you know to be dispossessed and to be and to be shaken up. So put between uh, playing you know playing on the front foot and keeping ball in midfield alongside narrowing uh, Fraser and Armstrong, it was a great great tactical first half for Huddersfield. I think so. Yeah, uh, that wasn't not enough not enough was said about that uh, to be honest. Um, yeah, I thought they had it had it spot on. Uh, Kyle Walker-Peters, incidentally, was making his 150th uh, club appearance, so uh, congrats to him. Um, but yeah, it wasn't wasn't working, was it? It was very poor start of the game, very slow, uh, lacking motivation. Just, and I, I said it at the top of the show as well. It just looked like the fixtures had caught up with them. It was just too much, uh, lack of movement. It was just laboured, and I just feel just had a go, you know. If, for a team that's struggling to stay alive in the division, you know, they're facing a Saints side unbeaten in 24, you know, eight home games, one in a row. And, you know, 13 championship managers have lost their job in the last time that we lost since since we lost. And, you know, they're in dreamland at the half. And it's just oh, it was unbelievable. Really couldn't believe it. But yet, Tim, what what's causing this first half displays at the moment? Why are we? so poor in the first half and, and it's slow to get going what, what's the problem so this is actually going to be counterintuitive for what i said is before is i think russell martin wants people to go in and stabilize and settle into things there's no there isn't seem there hasn't seemed to be a lot of what I, you know uh, you know urgency at the beginning because i feel like we've recognized that we are the dominant team going into pretty much all of these games um and taking a look at it, he wants everybody to find and settle in and not make mistakes. So, you know, you can have an opportunities where uh, multiple games where we're just kind of finding our feet, trying to uh, trying to get things going, find the seams and be able to break them down, which has worked for us consistently now. But uh, to me, I think that they were too apprehensive and we're not attack that we're not attacking enough right off the front foot uh because Huddersfield said we're going to you know we're going to go out swinging we're going to go out and just try to you know take a punch at you first rather than oh we're just going to play a flat back five uh you know in the middle middle of it all uh you know and put you know put ten, you know 10 men behind the ball and that's it like that's how it's going to happen it's not how it to to them it, they just uh, were able to come out and do very well, as I mentioned, with uh, narrowing our attack plus um, keeping the ball away from the the final third of of us. Yeah, I mean, if you look at this, the way that we started that second half, it, we we just went at them straight away from the off. We were going, and I thought, this is what this is what we need to do. And you know, you get your rewards for it, but it took a while to do that. And it's just it, it was that's what I mean. It was just it just seemed so laboured. But uh, of course, they went one nil up with uh, Sorber Thomas. It was a, a Jack Rodini with the cross, I think, and just seemed to go through everyone. And it, it fell to Sorber, who finished it low. And it was a shock. What wasn't panic just yet. But when um, when Kazumu found the net, that was when we were all panicking. Because that, that's unbelievable. You know? With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, 
Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Fairly similar to the first goal, really. It was a low cross, and it's just uh, the same sort of spot. Uh, but the finish was slightly better in this this case. But, yeah, Com- completely just caught with our pants down. And I can't remember, Tim, at a halftime quite as miserable as this one. And that includes last season. Uh, because that was expected. But this, I mean, to lose your record to a team like this was unthinkable. And so I met Kevin for a drink at the break and everyone had their heads down, everyone down in the dumps. And I, I, just, I just suppose we, we couldn't see a comeback. There was just no way that we could score. I think if you go a goal down, you think, yes, we've got we've got a couple of goals in us in the second half for sure. But the way we were playing and to go two down, it just seems like too much. And that now famous Russell Martin halftime team talk. Yeah, did the trick again. Instant dividends because Joe Rothwell, Tim, I mentioned it at the top of the show. Now it's our chance to really, really appreciate the sheer quality of this this Rothwell strike. But what a way to open your account with a volley as pure as that. And it was quite something, wasn't it? The, the technique, the placement. I, is, is it possible to hit a ball any better than that? I just I don't know. Yes, just take a bow, Joe Rothwell. Can't stop watching <laughs> the- it. Yeah, and they were they were legitimate. It wasn't like they were. It was an accident. Like they got two they got two lucky goals. They were legitimately better at us in the first half. And oh, so of course they were. Yeah. Coming into the second half, we needed something, and I you know did you expect what would basically be a perfectly placed goal? You know, watching back the highlights and and describing it and showing Abby, she basically was like, "Wait, what happened?" That doesn't that does that doesn't happen like that. Like you had to we had to watch it through so many times and realize the amazement of what it is. The vo- off the you know basically off the volley, little t- you know he's 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 got a quarter turn on it and he just hits it square straight into that upper ninety where if you were playing like a you know you're doing like a FIFA tutorial or training tips and something you'd like max out the points beyond belief and you'd be like the highest scoring player in you know in that tra- training drill ever because that was just an unbelievable hit you know i haven't seen a swerve like that going into that goal since the Stuart Armstrong FA Cup game uh with the with Coventry where he had was much farther out and be able to swerve but the sheer animosity of being able to take that outside of the 18 yard Bach, hit it square completely dead straight in and the keeper just just literally just watched it as an, an amazement as it goes and it goes well that went in <laughs> yeah okay. all right i'm, I'm I guess, not touching I guess, that yeah i guess that's what's happening two one and he's just like he just he, you could just see and everyone's like oh my god if you see Kyle walker peters in the background he's just like i can't believe he just did this and rob yeah. was like Let's fucking go. Like, <laughs> Rothwell looks like quite 
He wasn't going as crazy like that. A goal like that, you score a goal like that, my goodness, that the shirt would be off, you'd be jumping into the crowd. He was just like, yeah, okay, let's carry on. Just really, yeah. really um, modest about it. It was just, yeah. I didn't even realise it was him, Tim. I had no idea. I thought, I thought it was Ryan Fraser, to be honest, when I first saw the strike, because I thought the body shape, the technique, there's only, it's only a Ryan Fraser that could have pulled that off. But goodness me, no, Joe Rothwell, that was something, that was just a brilliant, brilliant goal. Again, yeah. another one of those ones that we're never going to forget. Yeah, uh, unbelievable. And I was just like, and this is probably a pro. I don't know if it was this or the or the next one is where I lost my voice uh, at, at the game, <laughs> but um, which I proceeded to shut up thirty Leeds fans. Uh, but it was just <laughs> unbelievable, unbelievable. Um, and he had the right attitude too. He's not like, yeah, let's celebrate. He's just like, let's go, let's do this, let's get yep. back. And the team was in. The team was like, they just grabbed the ball and said, let's go. All right, we, we got the talent. We know we can do this and press on. And that's what they did. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, a minute later, yeah. Cherry's linking up. Brooks with the assist. Uh, and again, Joe Rothwell fires into the corner. Uh, absolutely buzzing. The place was just incredible. It was The intensity was insane. St. Mary's was just, oh, it was, it was a great place to beat him. It was so, so good. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, want, I want to know that... Uh, so when we were on Isle of Wight, we got uh, we found that random Bournemouth scarf, and since then <laughs> we've had we've had six points, uh, either goals or assists from Bournemouth players since I've got we've gotten that scarf, and that's a long time. So that, that is do, absolutely. Do you fantastic. think that's like your magic magic thing now? You need to like rub it before every Saints game. Um, if I need to rub a cherry every game, you know, that's, uh, do what I got to do. So I don't mind about that. <laughs> uh, nonetheless, yeah, but I will, I will take that as, Hey, you know what? I don't, I don't hate Bournemouth. I don't think we ever really did, but I don't hate Bournemouth. But, uh, nonetheless, Brooks is on, I mean, his movement, he, he just doesn't look like he's supposed to be in the chain. He, he, he is a premier league player and he came on down and he's so good. And coming on for Adams was the right tactical switch movie. Adam Armstrong in and that link up play. I, you know, I didn't, when they said Rothwell was going to make, uh, is going to be more of the attacking, you know, I expected him maybe to be an eight, but you know, you know, taking and making that run in the second, this for the second goal, the first goal, uh, you know, he's just playing off the corner. That's fine. But he made that run. I didn't expect him to make that run. Like, I don't expect, I, you know, I'm maybe Flynn Downs makes like one or two of those a game. I didn't expect Rothwell to do it. And all of a sudden, he just found the space. Brooks just dinks it in beautifully, like we've seen multiple goals so far um, and uh, for this team. And just absolutely smashes it with a slight deflection that kicks it up and 2 2. And they, once again, the reaction afterwards was, Let's go. Let's go. go. And get we, another. We're, not, yeah. we're, we're not stopping. This is not it. Like we are not like saying we're not celebrating for the for, you know, for two, two. We are going. OK, that's we're what, taking that's these three happening. points. Yeah. And should have been should have been free to because Adam Armstrong had a one on one and he messed that one up. He went and kicked it straight. Oh, out. my God. You see, I can't remember. Oh, Goalkeeper. God. Uh, Nichols. Nichols. That's it. Yeah, he kicked it straight. And Nichols. Um, what was he doing there? Was he trying to dink it? Correct. So we, we circled back through those highlights. What ended up happening was, is like he went, he put it, he looked up, he put his head down, 
keeper came out but was still staying tall, he thought that the keeper was going to go down low and he was going to dink it over. But if you're going to dink it over, you really got to dink it over. You're still like just shy into the 18 yard box. You need to get you need to get some elevation that's going to be you know above you know you got to get you got to get the ball about seven or eight feet up in the air uh, for because he was naturally going down, but he stayed up enough that he was big and was trying to and trying to cover wide more so than cover the low end um, because he thought that he would get dribbled around if he if he yeah. If he just immediately went down, which Adam Armstrong can absolutely do. So Armstrong took the absolute wrong decision there. And the keeper, let's give credit to him because he stood his ground. He did absolutely what he needed to do, so that which was great. Yeah, the keeper didn't go down, but the, the team probably will. Um, <laughs> sorry, Huddersfield. Uh, but they did take the lead again. Massive, massive deflection. Uh, it was uh, Alex Matos. Uh, massive, as I say, massive deflection. It took a kind of pot shot. It wasn't really there, I don't think, because um, there was a lot of defenders in his path. But kind of pings off of Smallbone and then straight over uh, Bazunu's head. It was just, it was unbelievable. It was a freak goal, and it was one of those games that things like this were going to happen, really, wasn't it? And to go 3-2 down after staging that comeback, and you could have gone 3-2 up yourself to, to that, it's just like, oh, my goodness. It's not going to be our day today, is it? No, absolutely. And our, whomever it was, uh, you know, they, they cycled off and were able to were in their little small passing. We were a half step too short to be able to cover the gap. So where it was, I believe it was Smallbone who went. And it was, yeah. ended up being deflected off of. He was who yeah. nobody knew exactly where who was supposed to take that because the second that because he you saw him he looked up he saw the space that he had in front of us and there wasn't anybody closing so he immediately took more of an aggressive uh, shot shot progressing or eventually taking the shot step and Smallbone was the, the the quickest to react but was still too bit too late and even then. You know, it's outside the 18. It's farther. You know, it's beyond what was the you know the goal side of whatever it is. You don't. You'd think that there's going to be some sort of like shot deflection that would happen, which is correct. And Bazunu is probably a step too far forward to me because he was thinking where the dribble drive was coming in. He took the angle. He didn't get back fast enough. Now, would that have helped ultimately in the end? I couldn't tell you, but that deflection was just an absolute crapshoot, and you just can't plan for that. I was like, Bazuna, you could have had better positioning, absolute crazy deflection, 3-2, and you're like, you know what? I, once it, But once it did hit 3-2, though, I was like, God damn it. But then I was like, we can, we still are going to, we're still going to fight for this. Oh, yeah, I thought we were going to fight. I just didn't think we'd fight quite like we did, and... You know, the, the the equaliser was an own goal. It was Tom Lee's, another freak one. More more patient build up, and you know the cross comes into the into the box, and Lee's does the work for us. Very very fortunate, but you know you got to take it. And at that point, you know the, the ten minutes to go, you take them anyway they come, and we probably deserve to be back into the game at that point. But yeah. And then, you know, you just you just got to go and find the winner, which we did. We did find that winner four minutes after that, and that was uh, Seiku Mara. Uh, Kyle Walker-Peters on the drive. Uh, the movement from Brooks, again, was fantastic. He cuts it back into the into the box to the man of the moment. Uh, Seiku Mara gives us the first lead of the game, six minutes from time. Yeah, he's sick for the season and his third goal in the week. Uh, just incredible. Again, St. Mary's absolutely buzzing, rocking. Uh, just a great, a great place to beat him. I wish you could have seen this. It was so good. Oh, uh, I, I would have loved to be there. I think, I mean, you could just feel it 
through the you could just feel it through the TV uh, just to see how pe- how things were going. Uh, it was sounded absolutely crazy um, with all the fans. I think people just you know, once once the second obviously the first goal went in, it was just game it was game on and people were just high on life at that point. And Kyle Walker Peters to David Brooks once again second assist on the day for him. Utterly fantastic, uh, you know, just making the right play. And Huddersfield finally were, were they were finally broken. Um, looking at it, uh, they only had four men behind the ball. Brooks was beat all of them, and then Seku ste- had to step off of them, seeing that, and they were out of position. Their center backs were just slightly out of position, able to make the and able to make that shot four three, and ran right over to where you were at to celebrate. Yeah, I could be seen on the uh, on the highlights as well twice. But both both the, the the fourth and the fifth goal, I was right there that you could see me, um, which was it's nice. Uh, yeah, a dozy ninety first minute. Um, little did we know that there was going to be another twelve minutes on then. <laughs> but yeah, a mess in the box. I don't even know what happened here. There was shouts for handball. It was all happening, and it comes loose. A dozy picks it up. He takes makes the space and bangs it in and puts the icing on the cake. So, yeah, 5-3, uh, uh, just incredible, incredible scenes. And what a what a win that was. You just look back at where we were at halftime to that. It's just amazing, amazing stuff. Yeah, that's why that after that goal was when I decided it's the stupidest game I've ever seen. Because he ba- it was basically a clusterfuck, of, of, and then the cross went in. Seku did an amazing job. Let's give him the, the most credit out of all of this because it was absolutely fantastic. He just basically sticks his ass out and says, nobody's getting around me. <laughs> plays, plays with the ball like in front of, you know, in front of goal or back to goal. And Dozy's like, give it to me. Give it to me. Give Brooks it to me. was like there screaming for it as well. Brooks was just like, give me the ball. Give me the ball. I can score. <laughs> yeah. And then, it, and then eventually he's just like, he like, you know, uh, scrapes, you know, scrapes it off his cleats. Dozy, Dozy makes a beautiful, uh, you know, he's initially going to shoot, but, um, you know, uh, you know, to plays it off to the side and then finishes home five, three to make it just an absolute crazy game. 13, six goals in the second half, 13 minutes of stoppage time. I mean, uh, how many, how many yellow cards in it? It was it wasn't it was a mental one one of those ones like i said you are never going to forget it's going to be talked about for a long time remember that time we were two nil down in one five three yeah that's it's brilliant um it was just then a matter of keeping hold of the ball wasn't it in those um 13 minutes of stoppage time he's gotten the eyes crossing the t's and yeah 13 minutes because that embarrassing time wasting from huddersfield and i know every team does it tim but this was another level i, I just i couldn't believe it. It was. Just, I, know, I, I kind of felt sorry for the ref because he had to stop the game. And the ref was getting all the abuse. Like you're not. You're losing control of the game. But he, by rules of the game, he has to do it. He has to stop the game and get these players sorted because they could actually have a serious injury. You don't know. You've got to treat it like that. And but I mean, if you're going to stop the clock and you know, add on this time, then teams are going to have to stop doing this because they're not getting away with it anymore. Yeah. And uh, ultimately, the game ended and we won. So we suck did. it, Huddersfield. Yeah. Suck it. Terriers are a stupid dog anyways. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you know, Tim, that uh, no team has scored uh, more home games than us in the championship this season? 39. So. 39 goals at home? Uh, at home? Yeah, 39 home goals in the championship it, is the most. So. It sounds about right with a, with five, with a five-goal thriller. Yeah, and also you have to think – 
since Kev's been here. So he went to the, the Blackburn game, which we won 4-0. He went to that uh, Swansea game, which we won 5-0. He went to the Watford game, which we won 3-0. And now he's gone to this one, which we've won 5-3. So, yeah, he's, uh, he's definitely seen some goals of late. <laughs> he's thoroughly entertained. Exactly. Uh, yeah, 70% possession, 15 shots to their 17, Tim. More shots than us. Uh, but we had seven on target to their six. Uh, but yeah, as I say, five of them went in. So yeah, that makes the difference. Uh, an extra of only 1.5 and theirs was 0.9 for a score of 5-3. That does surprise me just a little bit. Um, but then, you know, you take into account the, the, the chances, especially their, their third goal wasn't really a chance, but it went in. Um, and the table... The situation then, so we're second. We've played 30. We've won 19 now. Drawn seven, still lost those four. Uh, 64 points. And Leicester won at Watford. Uh, Leeds up to third now, having dispatched of Rotherham. Ipswich down to fourth after their late equaliser at West Brom. But they do have a game in hand over Leeds. Uh, we also have a game in hand over Leicester, of course. Uh, there's games on Tuesday and Wednesday this week, don't forget. And we travel to Ashton Gate. Uh, Leicester will be at home to Sheffield Wednesday. So that's not looking good. Uh, Leeds travel to Swansea and Ipswich travel to Millwall on the Wednesday. So um, a big, big week. Ipswich, I fancy uh, Millwall to win that game, if I'm being honest. Um, but yeah, all to play for. Uh, Russell Martin said, my immediate feeling is immense pride and gratitude towards the players and the supporters for the energy they showed. The conversation we had at halftime was about how it is never easy to play the way we want to play. To do what they are doing is incredible. Nobody should ever take this for granted. Uh, it takes immense work, courage and intensity. We lacked all of that in the first half. I'm frustrated at the first half. I'm frustrated that we had conceded as many goals today as we have in our last 10, uh, 10 home games, that is. Uh, but big credit to Huddersfield. I thought they were great. They came here with complete freedom. They deserve to be leading at halftime, but we deserve to be winning at the end of the game. Uh, man of the match, Tim. Uh, David Brooks gets an honourable mention for me because, as I say, you mentioned, yeah, two assists and he only played 45 minutes. Uh, his movement and impact is going to be similar to Fraser for me, isn't it? I'm, I'm, I think after seeing this performance, I'm really, really pleased with this signing and this performance. I think he, he could be big for us. Um, but it's going to have to be Joe Rothwell, isn't it? Because I mean, he got us back into the game with two brilliant goals. We needed it the most. I mean, if we didn't score those early goals, then we wouldn't be where we were. So, uh, Joe Rothwell, thank you. You get man of the match for me. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, uh, incoming in third is Sekumara um, making a difference once yeah. again, trying to you know pad the stats, but also make a difference up there, trying to get the goal scored and really just clean in playing cleanup. You know, he's, he's the closer. It seems like now he's found his role. Uh, Brooks, uh, two assists comes in right at the, right at the halftime. Um, but then Rothwell, who came in earlier in the first half for downs slotted in, in a position where, you know, he may or may not be familiar with, but I think he's probably right where it should be. Uh, then just comes out with completely, you know, we mentioned like 1.5 XG, like his two, his two goals were, you know, his first goal was probably like 0.05, you know, 0.05 and then point, you know, 0.1 for the, the second one too. Sure. Comes yeah. and makes two clinical finishes, solidifies, locks it down and says this game is ours. And that was, uh, that was great. Brilliant. Yep. Well deserved. Uh, Mara and uh, Rothwell stars of the week. <coughs> sure mm -hmm. tim busy week uh tuesday the 13th of february you go to ashton gate to play bristol city eight o'clock kickoff and that's on sky sports uh bristol bristol city i can't call them bristol because there's two teams in bristol so bristol city yeah standard 
championship team. They're kind of like middle of the table, aren't they? Well, I mean, they're just below. They're currently 13th. Uh, but they're tough to, to really gauge because, I mean, they had a big win at Riverside on Saturday, 1-2-1. Uh, they've lost three in their last 14 games. So that's that's pretty good form. Uh, but lots of draws. And, and you never really know what to expect from them. I mean, they, they knocked out West Ham in the cup. They took Forest penalties in the cup. So I, I just don't know what, what who, who, you know, what Bristol City is going to turn up. Tommy Conway leads the way with six goals. Uh so they're not scoring an awful lot of goals. But, I mean, on their day, they are capable of beating anyone in this league. Uh, we've also seen them lose at home to Birmingham as well. So they, they, it's just difficult. Um, but I, I recall back to the game that we had at St. Mary's with them in um, in November, I think it was. And we only won 1-0 and, and Kyle Walker-Peters to the rescue there with that long-range shot. But I don't know which Bristol City are going to turn up because, if I'm honest, Tim... Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly, it's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. I'm scared. This is a scary one for me. And I think we have potential to lose our streak here. I think we have a potential to lose a streak against anybody now. Exactly. Because the championship is an absolute crazy, crazy, crazy time. So when you take a look at it, um, it's just a, it's going to be a really, really interesting game. So, yeah. So what do we expect with Bristol City? So we just talked about them being mid-table. Well, since 2015, they finished between 8th and 16th uh, every time in the championship. So... They are the quintessential championship team. So uh, last time we played them, Liam Manning just came into the fray. Uh, and ultimately now, while they're showing promise and they have opportunities to, uh, to you know, to beat decent teams, uh, to be able to make difference, uh, to be able to make a difference and really challenge people, they do have the chance to slip up like a typical mid-table team. So looking at the last five, uh, they just beat Bo- uh, Middleborough 2-1. So that was, a very, like you said, a very, very, very good win. Uh, they drew Forrest but lost in PKs and 5-3 in the FA Cup replay. So they're going to be a little bit tired like us, something to consider um, as as they go in, and they don't have as much depth. Um, uh, alongside that, then they they lost to one zero to Leeds. They drew Coventry two two, who uh, just beat Millwall today two one, uh, and it was two second half goals to, to knock them out. And then from there, they drew initially drew Forest again uh, in the FA Cup zero zero. So, what are we looking at? You know, what do they look to see? Winter signings coming up. Taylor Gardner Hickman from West Brom signed a young right back. Uh, as West Brom, I'll talk about here. Uh, they they basically like to give up all their youth and play all the old people they can get because they had a Bristol city had the outgoing uh, of Andreas Wyman uh, to West Brom. That's right. Yeah. It's fun. So something to consider uh, looking at that said, uh, Liam Manning, uh, it's a challenge and going into Ashton gate, uh, close, a close, 
uh, in, by distance away match in, you know, a nice little pretty town in Bristol. Uh, what to expect? We'll find out. Predictions on Bristol. I'm up first. Uh, um, and like I said, I, I do fear for our our streak here. Not saying that we're going to lose, but it's just that it's, it's always on my mind that these sort of games can, can, you know, be a trap game and kind of catch you out. Um, I don't think we're going to win this game, Tim. I don't think we will. I think it, the, the fixtures are coming too fast. Um, we've got, we still don't know what's happening with Shea Adams or Flynn Downs. Let's assume they're both out. Um, I think this is going to be a boring game, to be honest, and I think we're going to we're going to draw one-one. Kevin was up next, and he thinks Saints are going to come away with the points, and he's going for a two-one win to Saints. Um, but how about you, Tim? How do you see it? This is going to be similar to how we played away to Stoke City uh, Tuesday yeah. night. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be completely forgettable, except for me, because I thought that uh, in that game where Stuart Armstrong had the free kick to win 1-0, I think it's going to be a completely forgettable game. We're going to not want to be there. We're not going to want to, we're after just being off the high of the Huddersfield win. We're just trying to keep keep ourselves going and keep obviously keep the streak, but keep everything moving along so that we can get promoted. Uh, but we're going to win and we're going to win ugly and we're going to want to forget about this game thinking quick with a quick turnaround to West Brom with a one zero win. Uh, and then, as you say, really, really quick turnaround on Friday, the 16th uh, at the Hawthorns to play West Brom again, uh, eight o'clock kickoff. And that's also on Sky Sports. Uh, West Brom, very good side, <laughs> very tough place to play as well. And this is going to be a very big test. I said very quite a lot there. Um, lots of talk about the top four, you know, who have been, the standouts and they're kind of like racing away, but you look at the next best to challenge and it's West Brom, isn't it? Because I mean, they're currently they're fifth uh, and they will be in prime position for those playoffs. You've got Sunderland and Hull breathing down their necks. So they can't afford to let up um, almost held on to a massive win at Portman road on Saturday lunchtime. Um, as I said, 93rd minute leveler from Ipswich in that one. Only lost two games uh, at, Huddersfield, uh, at Hawthorns this season. And one of them was against Leicester. So, yeah, and the other one was back in, in August against Huddersfield, actually. Uh, but, you know, they found their feet now and they seem to be they seem to be playing very well. It's a said, difficult team to play. Uh, Brandon Thomas Asante, I know you mentioned him last time on your preview. Um, he's got the goals for them. Um, he's got 10 goals this season. And uh, I've always been quite a big fan of Grady Diangana. I think, you know, he, he could be quite dangerous. He's providing the assists with them. Uh, but we we had to be good at St Mary's Tim to beat them. We uh, we had a goal. We won 2-1 if I remember. We had goals from Will Smallbone and Adam Armstrong. Um, so if I thought that Bristol City was going to be tough, then this one certainly is. And I just, yeah, again, it's going to be another tough one. But how do you see this one going? The theme of this game is going to be injuries itself. Um, and the reason is is they've got a quick turnaround against Cardiff that they're up in midweek, but. Their injury and suspended players, and we'll and I'll talk about here uh, players on international duty as well, are really coming to and knock down West Brom. So in the uh, the Ipswich game, Daniel uh, Darnell Furlong went down with injury. So currently, currently they have one fit center back. That is a one fit senior center back on their team with uh, with him going down. Uh, away on international duty is Semi Ajay. Uh, you know, coming back for Friday, it could be similar to an Aribo, the Aribo, uh, you know, the Aribo. Is he going to be able to do it? But they're going to they're going to want to push him in. They're going to want to push him back. Uh, they're going to want him to be there. So, um, you know, him playing for Nigeria alongside Aribo, uh, it was it'll they need 
a center back because they're not going to have one who's they're not he's not going to be back in time for the Tuesday game uh, against Cardiff. Not so to me, uh, that's going to be the true matchups alongside who Matthew Phillips, who they've injured. And then. Oh, my God. Uh, Daryl DK, U.S. Oh, uh, he's yeah. injured again, isn't he? I he saw got it. <laughs> Aircast, he's just yeah, taken off. Absolutely. So he's only just know. come back, isn't he? He just, just came back. He was doubtful with a calf injury, you know, and all of a sudden he just comes in and he he he, he he's oh man. I, I love the guy. He is such a mate, the, one of the most powerful, powerful players you'll ever see. And he's out injured right now. So uh, Josh Maja is also out with a, with an angel ankle injury. So that's two of their starting set um, doing their starter starting uh, strikers. And then Grady Diangana, who's Congolese, uh, who just played last night, he might be back for that Tuesday game, but likely to be back and be ready to go for that Friday game. Uh, so he'll likely, likely, likely uh, make the bench or potentially even start on Friday against us. So it stinks that uh, with Diangana, but, uh, you know, don't want to hear the injuries, don't want to see the injuries. And let's just hope Bajai uh, isn't back ready to go. Diangana isn't back ready to go, whereas Rebo is, because um, both of them have significant t- have played significant minutes as well. So considering that, uh, taking a look at the games, uh, West Brom, their last five, with them playing Cardiff midweek, they drew just Ipswich 2-2 uh, with a last-minute goal from Ipswich in a scramble. Uh, you know, two teams that are in the currently in the playoffs. Uh, they beat Birmingham 1-0. They lost to Wolves 2-0 in an absolute shit show of a game in the FA Cup. Uh, if you saw back where people like invaded the pitch and were like crazy and stuff. Yeah, they had to stop the game, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. It, it was straight up hooligan stuff. And it's what it you expect a, from a from a Wolves West Brom game, though, isn't it? It's um, nasty. Yes. It was a it was a very much a rivalry game there. And yep. continuing on, they lost to Norwich 2-0, who's surprisingly bringing back into that and potential uh, playoff spot. And then they beat Blackburn 4-1, who was on a nosedive, but uh, they just uh, Tomasin just left, and John Eustace comes in and solidifies, and they're uh, um, and they're they just won uh, this past week against us, uh, dwindling Stoke City. So winter signings: Wyman on loan from Bristol City, 32 years old. Uh, West Brom, I said earlier in the season, they are the oldest team, and they just added more to themselves. To did you see? Older. Did you see Wyman's? Uh, well, his, his attempted header. Yes, it was uh, hilarious. It was <laughs> what absolutely was he hilarious. Doing? What was he, he trying? Doing? He, he could have got his head on that. I'm sure he could have got his head on it. He did his best. It was funny. It was actually yeah. And and then they did get a 24 year old Mikey Johnstone on loan from Celtic, but has made has made a significant difference because I'm sure Corberon does not think that he's old enough to play in the squad because he, <laughs> he, he, you need to have like you need to be at least 28 to be able to play. Um, and, <laughs> Yeah. Nonetheless, crazy to think about. Um, you know, this is the game uh, that is this is the game that scares me even more so than Bristol City. Certainly does. Yeah. And uh, with the predictions, Kev was up first and he's already sent it in. He's going for a one one. Uh, not so bad. Uh, Tim, you're up next. This is tough because, you know, you're looking ahead, you know, we we're playing, we've been starting to play the game. When are we going to break our streak? You know, if we get pumped, you know, four zero to Liverpool and I'm not going to be upset about this uh, with, with us playing uh, away to West Brom 
after three days rest, you know, their center backs are out. We're just completely all over the place. Um, this is, this is it. Unfortunately, I think this is where it, this is where it gets broken because you said that every, the, everything's going to catch up to us. And I think we're going to lose two one. Oh, it's a shame. It's going to happen soon. Isn't it? Uh, I don't think it happens. And I, I really don't. I still think we can keep it going until Anfield. Um, and I think we're going to come away with a, with a, with a draw. Um, so I'm going to go for a, a, a two-two draw. Mm-hmm. Yep. So let's uh, let's hope I'm wrong. Let's yeah, hope I I'm hope wrong. Obviously, hope you're wrong. Um, but yeah, a, a two-two for me. A Desmond. Ah, okay, right. Moving on then. Uh, the Discord. I mean, no changes really. Everyone going with a Saints win in the Watford game, apart from Alex and not very slim Jim. And no one going with a three-nil though. We had Tony Mears in the channel and Andy coming closest with three ones. Uh, so two points all round for everyone there. Uh, Huddersfield, of course, everyone went for a win over Huddersfield, apart from not very slim Jim. Uh, no one was going 5-3, though. What's the matter with you all? It had 5-3 written all over it. It was obvious. So, um, yeah, no change to the leaderboard as a result. Uh, so don't forget uh, to get both Bristol City and your West Brom predictions in that Discord as soon as you possibly can. Um, Super six uh, round 34 was won by Lee Davy on 34 uh, round 35 is still ongoing. Uh, Stephen King, Stephen King, hey, the real Stephen King. He plays in that number Super six. Uh, he's currently leading at the moment. Um, overall lead Andrew Knight with 294 and Tim. How is fantasy football and gaffer looking? All right. Uh, in that number podcast league right now, uh, Chris Bonner, first place, uh, Jamie, uh, Jamie Thorpe, second, Dan Buck, third, Tommy Rafferty, fourth, uh, Parkhouse, uh, Josh Parkhouse, fifth coming through. So lots of shakeups bouncing around between two, three, four, and five, uh, are the, are Jamie, Dan, Tommy, and Josh. So, uh, looking strong, Chris, you just got a three point, uh, you got a 23 point lead on the second place right now. So keep it, keep it up. And you, you pulled a 53 off this week after captaining Holland. So good, uh, good job. Uh, you still got Watkins to play coming up here for Villa and, uh, keep it going. Next up, Gaffer taking a look. I am still holding in first place. Not gonna, not gonna, yeah, not gonna I lie. Think, I'm I keeping, think we're I'm done, keeping, aren't we? <laughs> we're getting, it's getting close. Um, I mean, not quite. Uh, Tim Brucker, only, only, only six points behind me though. Moscow yeah, it's between, Mush. It's between you two, isn't it? Yeah. And then, uh, you know, Moscow Mush, uh, he's a hundred points behind, uh, Tim Brucker right now. Ray, you're, uh, you're over 150 points behind him and Connor coming in fifth place, who's 10 points behind you. So, uh, Tim, uh, it, it's the battle of the Tims, uh, the Tim B's, in fact. The Tim B's so, from the U.S. as well, yeah. Yeah, from the U.S. Although, so. although is, is Tim Brucker letting his son do it? I don't know. We'll have to ask uh, him that. I don't, he lets him do his predictions. Uh, <laughs> gotcha. Absolutely. Uh, he, I got 63 this week. He got 62. So, um, yeah, it happens to be he did not captain Somerville. I decided to vice captain him, which helped and survive. But I, st- I had a stinker with captaining Adam Armstrong, where he decided to captain Dewsbury Hall, which was his, which was his stinker. So Somerville and Clark helped him out, um, and all in all, uh, crazy to look at and and to see. So 
uh, let's keep that going. Lots to play for this week as well. Two two more games to go in the, uh, in the championship. Uh, right, that's it for this week. Uh, and next week, we go over both of those games at Ashton Gate and the Hawthorns. Uh, and we have to preview uh, a further two more games. And they are uh, home to Hull and Millwall. Yeah, two home games, isn't it? Two more home games. Uh, Hull City and Millwall to prepare for. Uh, so until next week, up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up my Southampton. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.